Hey, welcome back to Duke Basketball Junkies. <laughs> Hope you guys are uh, having a good week. Um, we're uh, live from Las Vegas here. This is Michael Eckstead with my partner Peter Rowe. Pete, how you doing? Is your recording, Mike? Or are you planning on cutting me off again? Uh, we, we seem to be recording. Because uh, apparently I have fans who were demanding my voice. <laughs> we got one. What was it? Episode 26 was all you. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that one email spoke for the silent majority. People were pissed they had to only listen to me. And uh, we did miss out on some good... It was actually a very uh, valiant effort on your part. Thanks. I tried to keep it short, but I didn't want to not mention the topics that we had actually talked about. about. So it was like a 10 minutes instead of 25 minutes of both of us. Yeah. Um, Live and learn. So... uh, you know, the big news today, the reason we're really recording today a little sooner than we expected is because there's a big announcement today. Uh, puzzling, puzzling announcement. Surprising announcement. Uh, Head scratching. That Coach K uh, came on. He, you know, they filmed him doing like a one minute he, short his announce, His announcement was almost like um, What's a, a high school happened? recruit, like announcing where he's going. Well, he's a, yeah, he basically started off by saying, hey, let's, uh, let me tell you about what's going on with the program. He wanted to tell us personally, I guess, but he didn't want to hold a press conference. Uh, he said he's, his, he had three, the three days of practice. So I guess let's back it up. The team, uh, once every so many years, the team can take an international trip. Once every six or seven years, I think. This year, they, they're taking this trip to the Dominican Republic to play the Dominican national team in a series of two scrimmages. It was going to be in... Sort of mid to late August, right? Yeah, I think it was supposed to be August 20th and August 23rd. Right. In preparation for that, they get to run three coach-attended, coach-run practices during the summer. Yeah. Uh, which which is, they don't usually get to do. So which is huge a, because I think it's a nice thing. If, if this trip wasn't on the schedule, then I think the coaches only get like one hour a week with the team at this time, which is, like all the coaches are saying, that's absurd. Right. That's just the way it is. Um <clears throat> and uh, so we so we got that in. He talked about how I think he said the team looked good. Did he say that? This he said he had the practices, but but him personally, his knee is apparently his knee is too big of an issue for him to make it through the season. He said he got enough information being at the practices to know he couldn't make it through the season. He didn't want to have a repeat of what happened last year, and so he's electing to have knee replacement surgery. Full knee replacement. Complete, right away. Complete replacement of yes. his right knee. Yeah. And like a year or two ago, he had his left knee fully replaced also. Yes. My Completely mother had replaced. My mother had both of these done. She's in her early seventies. And it's a big you know, those are big surgeries. Uh, big recovery time. So you can't you get that done in the middle of the season, you're you're in a chair. You know, you can't walk. You do some rehab, but you really don't have full range of motion for a few months. Right. Uh, and so for him to get back for the beginning of the season, he's got, what, eight, well, ten weeks before practice starts? Yeah, about ten weeks yeah. before practice starts. If they do the surgery right away, he's probably projecting that he can come back the first week or two of practice. Maybe not running around, doing laps, but he hasn't done that anyways recently. So, uh in addition to announcing the knee replacement surgery, they announced he announced that they're canceling the Dominican trip, um, which is the part that puzzled me. It's not that surprising. He needs another surgery. He's older. He's had a, like five surgeries in the last seventeen months. No, I think more. More maybe I think six or seven. Okay, including the other knee. So uh, 
it's not shocking that he needs something done. It's it's what surprised me is that they had to cancel the whole trip. That you know the, the assistants couldn't couldn't take take the team down there for whatever that they, they decided that that wasn't the right thing. Or maybe what I'm, I'm not sure about is if you know for some other reason. Uh, so what do you, what was your reaction, Peter? My reaction was why can't they just go with Capel and the other assistants? I mean. So, so when I read the, f- the few articles, um, you know, everyone's saying this is obviously the best thing for Coach K, which no one's disputing that. Yeah, medically. I mean, clearly, he needs to take care of himself, get right. But, you know, this time is so valuable. If, if we go back to, like, Matt Jones, Jones's interview, if we go back to Ricky Price's interview, like, they, they're, just, they're just so consistent with you have to be there early. You have to be there preseason. You have to be there. The players. Know, yeah, like – like Matt Jones was saying, Marquise missed like the first eight weeks or whatever practice, and he just got lost in the scheme. And like he, when you're behind like that, it's it's so difficult to come back. Or even Ricky, well, well, Ricky, Ricky Price's senior season when he was on, sure, when he couldn't play the first first uh, semester, it's just tough to integrate back into the team. So for for a team like this, a very young team with uh, Grayson, the youngest team, like. I, I would think that this trip is still so valuable that you would send the team to the Dominican with the coaches, see how the see how the players mesh, see the team chemistry, um, see who your best players are, um, have them compete against um, the the Puerto Rican national team, which I'm sure is going to be a valuable experience, and you can learn a lot from that. But they chose to bag that, and I I would just say why? why? Yeah, we're not exactly why sure why. Right. We're left wondering a little bit, well, why not take that trip you're planning to do? Anyways, you get some experience. I don't I don't know if it's something about, you know, sending clear messages of leadership to the team and don't want to confuse the young team by, you know, having them have a different head coach or um, I mean, it, it's possible. I mean, I mean, like, we don't yeah. know. Like, it's right. possible Coach Capel wasn't going to come and had some plans, like whether it was recruiting plans or we don't know if the full staff was going or not. I, I imagine they would have been planning on that. Right. But um, but maybe there's some other externalities we're not aware of. But the of. trip is so short that I, I, yeah. I would think that they could work around that if they really wanted that. So it's it's a head scratcher. Yeah, it's just a, it's a little, we don't really know. We don't, you know, we got the information he gave us that, it, that it's being canceled, but he didn't exactly say why it had to be canceled. And, uh, you know, I think there's a reason he didn't give a press conference where he had going to get asked a lot of questions about it. Probably didn't want to deal with it. I mean, for all we know, he went straight from recording that thing to the to the hospital to get the thing done. Yeah. But like, uh, it may, you know, maybe he was just in a rush. Like, you know, we're left to speculate. Um, we we love speculating, but we we prefer information, right? Um, so, do you think, Peter, that it uh? It, is it possible, you know, here comes the speculation, is it possible this is, you know, some kind of comment or a reflection on maybe a little bit, you know, he doesn't he doesn't want it to be Capel's team? Or does this mean that maybe he's a little less confidence in the assistance having this time and being productive? Like, I can't imagine that's the case. Exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely but, don't think that's the case. But I did think to myself, if, if Capel's inheriting this job and, a year, two years, four years, whatever many years, this is like a, a chance to get some actual coaching experience. 
you know, with Duke uniforms on, out of the spotlight. Um, what, you know, if you're grooming somebody, why that seems like a welcome, it might be a welcome opportunity. Right. Um, so the fact that either they're not going sort of doesn't make me quite as confident that, like, Cable's the guy, maybe, right? Um, I don't know if I share that. He's definitely, know. he's not like a second head coach. If, you know, unless... Jeff Cable? Yeah, unless he's certainly a second head coach. Well, he has head coaching experience, and I have confidence in him. I'd, yeah. I'd be happy, I'd be fine if he had to take over the program. He's the guy I would choose, but, like, doesn't I mean, reflect I've, on that. And, like I said, for all we know, Cable, Cable has plans, or he's, he's busy with his... You know, I know his father's not well. Yeah. I mean, we have no idea what's going on. So I don't want to, you know, come to any conclusions. Yeah. Just making the suggestion. Sure. Like, should we be concerned about this? And what do you think? So if you if you haven't listened to um, Grant Hill's off-season podcast with John Shire, must listen. It is fantastic. I, I can't believe I didn't have Grant Hill as one of my favorite CBS analysts when it was NCAA tournament time last year. His podcast with John Shire is, is fantastic, very insightful about his time at Duke and whatnot. But specifically regarding Jeff Capel, he said that he's just blown away when he's in meetings at Duke and he sees Capel disagreeing with Coach, Coach K. Mm-hmm. Like, he has the gravitas to speak up and say, hey, Coach, I don't necessarily agree with you here. Yes. Here, here are my thoughts. And Grant Hill's like, look, when I'm in Coach K's presence, even now, I feel like a 17-year-old. You know, like I shrink. <laughs> But to see Jeff grow like that, um, and Grant Hill was a leader at Duke, yeah, you know, his senior year, yeah, <clears throat> and uh, I mean he has actually a very very hilarious Jeff Capel recruiting story, which you know if you if you listen to it you'll 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 really enjoy. But like yeah, Jeff Capel is certainly in, in my eyes uh, a second head coach on the team. Uh, I, th- I think you're, I think what you're right, but I, I also. If this is the only piece of evidence that, like, Capel may not be the anointed one, right, then this is a pretty small piece of, like, you know, very, very, very indirect evidence when all other signs point to confidence. Yeah. You know, Coach K's confidence in Capel and Coach, you know, Capel's loyalty to the program staying there so long. Like, you know, your, your little theory that there's some kind of deal. Uh, I don't think there's... Like this is a big contradiction to that. Doesn't yeah. I mean, way against it. Too even though even though it's a head scratcher and it's puzzling, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. Like I wouldn't read so much into it that I I feel like Coach K is no longer confident in his coaching staff. I yeah. I just I just think it's weird and and I, I feel like um, it's possible. It's, 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 it's puzzling why he doesn't just address the question head on. Like he knows people are going to ask, like why? Why isn't the team going on their own? Maybe doesn't. Maybe it's just obvious to him. It, it, the other possibility that I thought of is Coach K is the draw. He's the big name. Yeah. And they were planning on selling tickets to this event, or it being you know being a thing. Maybe it's just like Puerto maybe, Rico maybe, said, "We'll do this. We'll play." Was we'll, it Puerto we'll, Rico or Dominican? Uh, uh, there's the Dominican. Dominican Republic? Oh, one of them. PR or DR. <laughs> Whichever it was. Right. And I thought it was Dominican Republic. Um, but yeah, they, they might Maybe have they been, said, hey, they actually, said, we're busy anyways, and we were fitting this in, and let's do it next year. Yeah, maybe it was a conditional thing. And then maybe on, on the coaching staff's calculus... It's the, it is a Dominican Republic. DR, okay. <laughs> From the coaching staff's perspective, you know, 
they might be thinking, hey, if we don't lose this eligibility, since they can only do it once every six or seven years, maybe it's more important for next year's team, which won't have Grayson and won't have upperclassmen, will be all freshmen. Maybe it's more important for next year's team to be able to go on some international on an international trip where right they can do it know. all together as a unit, um, the whole fist, Coach K's fist. Just yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that that maybe that's that's the that's the best case sort of possibility as to what they were thinking, but that's the other part I was curious about is whether we sort of lost lost our ability to take this trip, like we squat like it ends up being squandered on this sort of half trip that didn't happen, right? I definitely feel like this team would be better having gone on this trip, like the yeah. trajectory of the like we probably lost out on some small percent. This team will be like. 1.5% less good in March because I mean, we don't really know like you know they're, they're going to get extra time together on campus before classes start and sure. maybe part of the calculus is hey classes are starting now these guys don't have to miss a week of classes you know they're, I'm assuming classes are starting around August 20th maybe they start August 27th we, we, sh- we should have done some research <laughs> <laughs> But like my, uh, my guess, the is point is like we don't know a lot of things. So yeah, uh, if if it turns out like they can do this trip next year or the year after and reschedule, then that that might have been part of the calculus. Sure, they said, oh okay, well we'll save this one. Like like as if someone had a red shirt year after they played a couple of games. You know, maybe they have to appeal. Maybe they have to ask permission. Uh, hopefully, we, we we don't lose this opportunity for six more years. Right. 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 Um, okay. Uh, well, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, well, sort of, sort of moving on. I guess I wanted to talk about these reclassification. You worried at all about Coach K? Um, He's over seventy. He's had six or seven what seems to be major surgeries in the last year and a half, and he's reaching that age where you know people, you know, people just stop caring. Like. I've encountered more than a few 70, 80, 90 year olds who they just don't care anymore. You know, like they're just going to do whatever they want to do and societal norms that they might have adhered to in their 30s and 40s and 50s, they just stop adhering to. I'm not sure what you're saying. Do you think Coach K is like uh, going up the deep end? Is that what you're saying? He's like lost lost values? Coach K actually (laughs) seems very youthful and energetic and he seems great. He led the fantasy camp. Everybody talks about how. Brady was he has a there. spring and a step. He appeared on John Shire's podcast. He sounded very plugged in. Yeah, I, I'm not at all worried about. You're not him. worried about him at all. He's making rational decisions here. He's got medical considerations to consider, and it sounds like he had the best interest of the team in heart, best interest of the whole season, given what happened last year. Okay, maybe he learned a lesson last year. He should have had some surgery, an additional surgery or back, back surgery. Yeah, I yeah. don't know, but um, I, th- I think Coach Gay is okay. I, it it does sort of it worries me. Well, know, like I just a, don't know how human long body, human bodies only so like yeah. it's pretty fragile. And, yeah, and I, I, I I feel that's a medical okay. concern for him. That like I so wake up with creaky joints and whatever stiff, and and I'm forty, right? He's seventy. Like, yeah. Can you just imagine the demands of this this job? It's got to be unbelievably demanding. But on the other side, he's got the best doctors. He lives, he can live kind of whatever life. So he doesn't have to go out and do all the recruiting. He's got his assistants. He can lean on sort of what he's established. Like some head coaches have to 
really kill themselves just to try to, just to do get a winning can. team. Yeah. Right. So. So I, he he's established a, an infrastructure where it's sort of like autonomous, and he he comes in here and there. I think one of the issues in '94 was that he was a, a chronic overworker. Oh, right? that's I remember, okay, that's I remember him talking okay. about it. That's another. So I think my, probably he's changed things a little bit. Right. And if but, he's going to co- keep coaching okay. at this age. And he's got to put his health first. So, right. you know, I think it's okay. And I thought about this when this initially broke. Like, Mickey Krzyzewski put her foot down in 94, 95 and said, look, you're going to take care of yourself this season or I'm leaving you. I mean, I think, I believe that is pretty much what she said. That's what, that's the, that's the story Coach K tells. Yes. That, should, shouldn't we as Duke fanatics, I mean, obviously we want Coach to be fantastic and healthy and worried about himself. But, look, I mean... Like, Mickey Krzyzewski also has to process the fact that Coach K is 70. He's had six or seven surgeries in a year and a half. At some point, like, it's not inconceivable that she puts her foot down and say, hey, like, enough's enough. Like, yeah, let's yeah. retire yeah. and just enjoy the rest of our lives. And that's a, that, that's probably a very real conversation that happens. They, they must talk about it, you know, yeah. semi-frequently, and co- and especially co- in light of the surgeries and last year and coach k probably tells mickey i will retire when jim Beheim retires because <laughs> even with his 101 he wants the record jim Beheim has unofficially a thousand and three or a thousand and four victories if coach k retires then it's conceivable that Beheim could overtake him and i feel like that might be part of the calculation you that's the way you would think my friend because you are all about the you know those kind of ego achievements, oh. you know, you're all about your tournament record and all that. I'm kidding. No, I mean that. I don't, so, he, doesn't, so, he doesn't think that way. That's not what he's about. Come on. Are, are you joking me? I mean, is are it? Are you joking? Is he proud? But did, I'm sure, did, he's proud of it. Like, can I ask you? Did Coach K go to the NCAA in 1995 and say, "I want Pete Goddard's portion of this season expunged off my record because it's going to de- it's going to decrease my win loss percentage." Did Coach K he personally abs- do he that? Absolutely did that, and he probably wouldn't have gone to the NCAA. So have you been reading UNC boards? He would not have gone gone to the NCAA if Peacock had gone like twenty four and ten. You know, like so. Yeah, I think. Were you there? Did he walk to the building and knock on the door? I mean, <laughs> it's people that work for him that probably initiated. If anything was initiated, for all we know, nothing was initiated. Like you have no idea how that how that played out, do you? Was that a, is there some- this is definitely a thing. And I think we had a conversation about this maybe 10 or 15 podcasts ago. Yeah. And I presented the argument that Coach K is petty, not in like a negative way, just in like being a truly great, like all these guys like Kobe, MJ, Roy Williams, Coach K, they're Bill Belichick, they're like super uber competitive and they just want to be the best and the greatest. That's what makes them so great. And so, yeah, I, I feel like this is how he's wired, based on his past tendencies. And this is relevant because you think he's not retiring because he just he wants to be the all-time wins. Because leader. Jim Beheim is still coaching. <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a funny take. I know you're mostly kidding. I'm sort of serious. <laughs> but, like, uh, your point about him being super competitive, I think, is completely accurate. He demands... He demand, he, we his can, desire we, is the perfect game. We right? could tell that from the Grand Canyon game against Dan Marley, where he just he just kept his starters out there, you know, in like a pretty early game. You know, he he's the ultimate winner. He wants to win. He's demanding. He's a perfectionist. 
Yeah. And that's why it's that's one of the keys to his success is that that's why he's he, the greatest. He, he you know, he cares about the details, he cares about how people conduct themselves, he cares about doing it the right way, but he also cares about the passion on the court. It's why he you know, I, I feel like he always forgives, you know, certain errors from guys that, that just push the team to try harder. Yeah. Uh, rather than, you know, but you know, to call to say he's petty, I think is the wrong word. Petty has a pejorative kind of yeah. connotation. And we might be looking at the words differently. Yeah, I think what you mean is competitive. is competitive and detail oriented. Uh, although you know the context you're using about wanting to be the all time. Yeah, you know what? I bet it does matter. I bet it matters. I'm sure him. he's proud of it. I bet it matters. But but at this point, at his age, with all the success he's had, one more trophy, one more accomplishment. That's not why he's doing it. I think he's doing it because he loves doing it. He loves coaching. They're not loves, mutually exclusive. He loves being a leader. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, but if you're really talking about causation, and you then and you you tie him up to like a polygraph machine. Stop it. <laughs> Get that truth to work. Stop it. So you know, we wish Coach K nothing but the best medically. My Absolutely. my only concern Absolutely. for him is that he, he gets well. It's a tough surgery. It's the rehab isn't easy. He already went through it once, so he knows what's coming. Yeah. But you know, it, it you know, my mother can get through it, Coach K can get through it. I but, imagine Coach K is in better every, shape and he's got access to way better like Yeah, he is physical great doctors. Yeah. But let me tell you this, sometimes the surgeries don't go well. Right? Yeah. I don't think, you know, he's in any jeopardy in terms of his his life or overall well being, but his knee health. His, his body, his is, knee old. Might, his body yeah, is old. This knee might surgery. You know, you just don't know how things are going to recover. So hopefully it's smooth and is he gets back and uh, the team has plenty of time. It's August and they're they're on campus and they're they're running games with each other and uh, there there's a lot of talent as young as they are. So put the possibility of one more huge piece. Marvin Bagley was the next topic on the agenda. We didn't get to talk about it a lot. Ricky Price mentioned it and, you know, glowed about how good a player Bagley's probably going to be. Uh, he's considering reclassifying. Right. Uh, it's August 10th. Yeah. So he actually visited Duke. Um, right. And, you know, supposedly we might be the favorite. You know, Ricky seemed to think so. Um, you know, does this affect... That possibility. One, every day we wait that he hasn't actually reclassified. Well, how many days are there left? The school starts. I just looked it up. August 29th is first day of classes, although convocations, uh, August 24th. Um, do you remember who our convocation speaker was, Peter? I believe it's Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou. I'll never forget that. It was crazy. It, it was, was it was a ho-hum for me because she, oh she spoke at our uh, high school she spoke in my high school like the previous year, so I was like, okay. again, my Angela, again with this mockingbird thing. You have an embarrassment of riches <laughs> and, a, and a deep well of ingratitude, my friend. I mean, talk about the gravitas of somebody, you know. Uh, and then I had to read her poems again in Victor Stramberg's uh, intro to lit class. I think you were in that class. But yeah, uh, so convocations on the 24th and the uh, Classes do start on the 29th, so they wouldn't have missed classes on this trip. But, yeah, um, that makes sense. But basically, time's ticking. It's two, two and a half, three weeks until yeah. well, uh, classes you know, start, so he know, has when, to do it fast. When you first but, mentioned Marvin Bagley, yeah. you know, his dad said the CBS writers just 
talking out of his mouth, you know, mm-hmm. and I just thought maybe it's fake news. But very recently, uh, Michael Porter, the number one overall recruit this year, who initially was signed on to Washington, switched and went to uh, Missouri. Um, his younger brother re- reclassified and is joining Michael Porter as a, right. obviously a teammate at Missouri. So like and RJ this, Barrett did reclassify officially. Marvin oh, has Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that was announced. He hasn't announced where he's going. But at least Barrett is for the following year. Like, th- this is all for the okay. upcoming season. Okay, that, I think like, you might be right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, people are doing it. I, like, I don't I don't know the upside to doing it. Like, I can see it for Bagley because Bagley seems just like a total slam dunk. If you're talented enough, right. you know, to, to be but, a first-round pick, it's, it's you, ha- get, okay. you get to have one more year in the NBA, essentially. Okay. Correct. One more year of earnings potential. I'm not disagreeing with you there, but yeah. this let's take, for example, Michael Porter's brother, who should be a senior in high school, is going to be a freshman at, at Missouri. Michael Porter's going to Missouri also? Michael Porter is at Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's. I'm sure he's going to look fine or great as a freshman, his, his younger brother. But how much better would he look one year from now? And And I say that... Along through the prism of, um, I can't remember if it was like a Freakonomics book or like a Malcolm Gladwell type of book, but you know he did a study of all the Canadian hockey players. You know, and all yeah, all was, the best hockey players were born immediately after their. I think it was the Outliers by Malcolm out, Gladwell. Out, outliers, yeah. yeah. So they're all born like in January or February, and almost none of them are born in like November or December or whatever the right. birthday cutoff. Is I know right. what you're talking about. You're talking about the fact that. You want to be the oldest kid in like, your age group. Well, like 50% of NHL players are born between January and March. Right. But the, Because the re- they've always been so good right. in junior high school, in high school, and, and what. So I, like, I so think like, you're, you're sort of misciting it a little bit. The reason that those kids, they have such a big advantage is because from an early age, they're identified as the best. best player. They get the, and so they get the best coaches coaching. Coaches' attention, the training, right. extra attention. So, so reclassifying right. when you're 16, 17 years old. At that point, it doesn't matter as much. It mattered when you were three, four, five, six, seven, eight years old because they're, they're selecting the all-stars and they're moving them to leagues where they get better training. And so the, the age difference matters so much more when you're four, like six months age difference, nine months age difference because that's a leap in development. Yeah. But, but the age difference between 17 and a half and 18, that, those six months don't matter as much. I don't know. I just and, and, I, I, th- yeah. I feel like with Bagley, sure, he's going to be fantastic regardless of when he comes. Sure, but like Jason Tatum, if he played at Duke, like one year, like two years ago, like when he was a senior in high school, he he would still be very impressive, but he probably wouldn't be as impressive right. as they, he was. They, this they past could season. disappoint. They could disappoint. Yeah, not, so there but, might be a downside to the loss of these kids. They'll get the benefit of the doubt because they are younger as well. Yeah. So, and you probably can't do it unless you're like top of the litter, like yeah, premium, premium. You have premium to be pretty good. I mean, the Michael Porter situ- brother situation, I guess it has to do with they wanted to go to school together. Yeah, because his dad's a coach there also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's a special case. Now, Marvin Bagley, if he's thinking about it and he's like doesn't know what to do, well, Coach K just made this announcement that he's not going to be healthy for the next few months. All right. Maybe the season will be impacted. Maybe this is a factor. If he does reclassify, maybe he's less likely to pick Duke. Maybe, or maybe that's not the case. Maybe, you know, we can assure him. Maybe he's less likely to reclassify. I'm hoping he doesn't, but comes to Duke next year because it feels like he'd be an extra big 
and we don't really need an extra big this year. Uh, although he's good enough, we could use him any time. Right, sure. right. Um, but you want to see the Trey Jones and Marvin Bagley show. Yes. Speaking <laughs> of Trey Jones, Trey Jones has officially announced that he is going to announce. I uh, Actually, I love that. I love that they do that because um, I'm not going to lie, when Kevin Knox announced that he's going to announce at a certain time, I was hitting the Twitter feed over and over and over again until I saw that he declared for Kentucky. Yes. You remember this? You texted me right before. I was like, we got nothing to worry about. It's either going to be us or UNC. Like, no doubt. That was a little surprising. And then he goes, I'm going to Kentucky. So Trey Jones, uh, who is Tyus Jones' younger brother, announced that he'll be making his college decision on Sunday. Okay. Uh, immediately, and he, he did a, like a double high, like a high 10 emoji. And then uh, Tyus Jones, very soon thereafter, uh, returned the high 10 with the number one symbol emoji and hashtag write your own story. So we're, we've been considered the favorite for Trey Jones, but he has, a, he has a big list of schools that are still eligible, right? No, I think like five or six. Five, that's a pretty big list. It's not down to two. Um, <clears throat> so he's going to make this announcement. We're hoping he's like a really good point guard prospect. Yeah, he if, if he's not, I think he's like number one or number two. I think he's number two behind Darius Garland or one of the Garland guys. Okay. But so he, he's, uh, it's Duke, I want to say, um, Minnesota, Arizona, Ohio State. He, he liked that guy uh, who went there from uh, Butler, the, the head coach, I mean. And there's probably one, one or two other schools. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. This Sunday. This Sunday, uh, does Ty saying write your own story? Hashtag, does that mean he might want to kind of do something different than Ty's? I wouldn't read too much into that. Yeah. Maybe he's just, Ty's might just be having fun with it. Maybe. I think it's probably something they've talked about. I'm sure it's like a personal reference. Like, he's not Tyus Jones' younger brother. He's his own man. Now, Jeff Capel came to Duke, and Jason Capel went to UNC. Right. But it's a little different because Jeff was still at Duke, wasn't he? When uh, Jason went there? I, I don't think so. I think... Or he, just, no, he had just yeah. graduated. Right. It was okay. like he had packed up all his stuff. They had moved. Yeah. And as they were packing up Jeff Capel's stuff in central, central apartments, Jeff Capel Sr. sat down on Jason and said, you know, you got to do... Like, UNC is where your heart is, you know? Yeah. And he... Right. They, there was some speculation might go to, to Jeff's school, Old Dominion. Um, okay. And, and I also remember in that uh, Players Tribune piece, uh, Jeff Capel said, I was a top 25 recruit and Jason Capel's a top five recruit. Now, you might not think that's not that big a deal, but that is a huge difference between being a top 25 recruit and a top five recruit. And like we discussed just, just a little bit before, Tyus was a top five recruit. Trey, I believe for the majority of his career was like a top 50, top 25 recruit, mm-hmm. but his stock has really gone up of late to the point where I believe he's like a top 10, top 15 type of recruit. He's right played now. pretty lights out in these all-star games, yeah. you know. So they say he's the big question than, yeah. is, is, they, is the Jones family, are they a Plumley family or are they a <laughs> Capel family? Right. And we're hoping they're a Plumley family. Right. Uh, it, it seems like there's more Plumley families these days. Look at the Ball brothers. They're probably all going to go to UCLA. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of these kinds of examples where they... 
Also, interestingly enough, um, uh, Trey Jones was teammates with uh, Gary Trent Jr. Like the whole time oh, okay. until Trent, I think, transferred right before his senior year in high school. He went to like California somewhere, but he's he's from Apple Valley, Minnesota. I think we're going to get into this maybe in a later podcast, talk about the freshmen. Yeah. Uh, out of the ones that are most likely to be one and done, I would guess that Gary Trent's the one least likely to be one and done. There's three guys that pretty much are probably going to be one and done. He's yes. the one I think might might have to stay another year or might want to stay another year. Right. Uh, but I don't know. We have yeah. pure speculation. Right. Um, he's, still, he's still top ten, so yeah. most top yeah. ten guys – Tend to just do the one and done. Yeah, although I think two guards. It's a tough, tough position. I think it's the hard. I think it's a more difficult position. They they get a little less leeway. Yeah. In terms of the way they play, like, right? You know, it's guards, guards in general. Uh, sort of have to prove it a little more. I think at the college level than big guys who, you know, seem to be given almost unlimited time. Or like wing, super athletic wings. I guess Trent is super athletic as a, as a, as a big guard. Yeah, Rick, so, Ricky Price said he's got the alpha dog, doesn't back down, doesn't take shit from anyone. Right. That, I mean, his dad was sort of like a badass, right? The Shaq of the Mac. Yeah. <laughs> just took shit from no one? Uh, he was just a big, bad MFer, you know? Like, a, just a powerful, power forward, essentially. It's, a, it's amazing how these, how these fathers who are bigs and then their sons are, like, wings. Like, Michael Thompson, number one overall. They marry average-heighted women, or shorter than average, that's what you get. And then Clay Thompson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. But anyway, so, like, our team could use that, like a, you know, yeah, so big, like a bad, bad guy. The other part of these, like, recruiting decisions is that these days, we have 20, we have 10 guys we might get, right? We're like the favorite for half a dozen guys next year. Yeah. If Trey Jones doesn't come to Duke, there's a next guy on the list that, that likely will. So in the, in the past, like the cupboard, we've been afraid of the cupboard being bare. Yeah. Um, in this case, it, it seems like we're set up to have a successful re- recruiting class. But obviously, you want to get it off to a good start. Right. Uh, so, you know. Really would like to see Trey Jones. I love Tyus. He's one of my favorite players. One of my favorite one and dones for sure. Tyus, absolutely. Yeah. And so, just I mean, surprised slash a little bit disappointed that you know he he's shown flashes in the NBA, but he hasn't quite gotten that opportunity to you know like play 25, 30 minutes a game. Yeah. See, it's it, like his numbers seem pretty good, but it, it it's pretty clear that Minnesota, the front office, doesn't quite trust him. They have other plans. Yeah, they have bigger sure. plans. And now sure. I saw a, like a power ranking article, like a pretty early one, that had Minnesota sixth or seventh or to, eighth to get Kyrie. No, best team in the NBA because they, well, got, I mean, Jimmy they got, Butler, got Jimmy Butler. Got Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins. They got um, I don't know who I'm missing. Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. And then they they signed some other sort of like role player Joe, veterans. Joe T. And yeah, Georgie Dang. They, I believe, they still have the Shabazz, Shabazz Muhammad. Yeah, they, they definitely like, and they have a good coach. They have a respected defensive, coach. defensive-minded coach. Right. Last year was very disappointing for them, but they had an incredible offseason. Yeah, um, but I mean, they're still in the West. The West is just loaded. You know? Yeah, but who? I mean, who's got? You know, who's got so much more talent than them? Right, like Golden State. Just Golden State and Houston, maybe. Houston, but even Houston, like, San why can't they match up? Yeah. It, Minnesota's going to be... OKC. 
yeah, there's a lot of good teams, but but they were a team that was the 20th best team last year. They definitely underperformed last year relative to <laughs> expectations. Know, to jump from 20 to five to eight, yeah, that that's that that doesn't happen too often. I, I really hope uh, Justice turns it around. Like his his numbers were pretty bad last year before he, before they shut him down. Yeah, well, now he's probably more going to be like a we'll long see. athletic defender type. You know, office offense might come, but he's clearly so, like a shooting fraud. Well, that's the thing. Shooting hasn't translated. Fraudulent. <laughs> Perhaps it was a, a little, you know, small sample size. <laughs> and his uh, even his driving ability hasn't been like a dominant. I don't know how, why we're talking about justice, but but why not? Because we're talking about Tyus. Let's talk about everything, right? Yeah. Uh, Jaleel, can he save his career? Oh my God, let's not talk about Jaleel, man. I guess we can if you want. <laughs> I'm happy to. Uh, Justice put a finishing point on it. Yeah. He's a defensive stopper. What can he be on offense? Uh, can he, you know, we'll see. Yeah. You know, he's he's young. Uh, Jaleel, Jaleel, Jaleel was interviewed the other day by a Philadelphia beat writer. Okay. And basically got him to say, yeah, I've, of course I've thought about playing for other teams. But he, he still... He gave like such a good answer. He's like, "But I, I love it here in Philly. The coaches have been great to me. This is the only team I know in the that I played for." And yeah, he's he's like he's just projecting a really good attitude. Last year in New Orleans, Noel basically a projected a really bad <laughs> attitude in, it, yeah. in a similar position in the same year of his contract, or uh, actually it was his fourth year. This is going to be Jaleel's third. Yeah, um, it it's pretty clear the Sixers don't have Jaleel. In Prominently in, the, in their long-term plans, like in terms of the moves they make, what they promote, um, every every sort of newish, you know, like analytics kind of guys, like the, the sharper Sixers beat writers, like they just don't even think he's going to play this year. Yeah, and they think there's a chance. They're talking about whether he might get cut, cut in training camp, or at least they have a decision point about whether to pick up his fourth-year option. Every NBA rookie in the first round gets. A four-year deal with a fourth year at the team's option. Right. And he's, because he was picked so high, he actually is set to make uh, between six and seven million dollars in that fourth year. In that fourth year, and they just can't trade him for anything. Obviously, their first preference would be to trade him, but they can't even get like a second-round pick for him. I don't know. I don't know. They may not be willing to take a second-round pick for him. They may still yeah. hope he'll, he'll develop. But I mean, if the plan is not to play him and then eventually cut him. I think he'll get minutes. I mean, yeah. Embiid is going to have to sit out a lot, get a lot of games. Still, he's still not. Yeah, okay. he's not going to play seventy games. At best, I think Embiid plays fifty or sixty games. Like they're going to be careful with him. Okay. So there's going to be those twenty or thirty games. I mean, who knows? Maybe a little less. Maybe more. Hopefully not more for him. This sake, that poor guy. But uh, you know, they got two other centers on the roster, and it's Rashawn Holmes and Julia Okafor. So. On nights where Embiid's not there, that's the backup and starter. And last year they started Okafor when Embiid was out, you know, when Okafor was healthy. And Okafor's health is an issue. So that should actually be a lot of games. I mean, it's actually yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll get some games. run, he'll get featured. And uh, the other thing that that came out is he's ten pounds down from his weight last year. Jaleel. Yeah, so I think that indicates he's been able to train in the off season. Last year he couldn't train. You know, if the Duke Homer in me wants to say, you know what? This guy picked up a knee injury late in his first year. He actually didn't have – he had a decent offensive year his first year. Pretty good offensive year. Just really horrific defensive year. Yeah. And his second season, he was never right. He, he, he 
His knee was swelling the whole year. Hopefully he got right in the offseason. Has been able to train, lose some weight. Yeah. And comes back ready to rock it. You know, you know that may have actually impacted our, our team more than, than, than we are led on to believe. Like, you know, Frank Jackson played through a, like a foot, a mild foot fracture, but... What, he, the injury? Package? Yeah, he, he had a surgery in the offseason. He didn't play in summer league. Like, so, you Grayson know, had a surgery as well. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Grayson, not only had... He, he didn't have any basketball activities for like two months, you know, be- before and after the surgery. And so, like, maybe they were playing through maybe not a tremendous amount of pain, but maybe at a tremendous loss of optimization just like not maybe they were, yeah off. maybe they were playing like 70 percent or 85 percent or 80 percent they just weren't playing at peak capability and by all accounts like you know coach k in recent pods or whatever like he's talking about how impressed the incoming freshmen are with grayson's game like his shooting ability his athleticism and maybe all that was t- was like he was robbed of that last year and that you know played a big part into team's overall performance, him coming off the bench. I think we heard about it. I think we witnessed it on the court. Yeah. That Grayson in particular was like not always 100%. Yeah. And Frank and, I mean, even Chase Jeter was injured last year. Not that he was a huge piece on the team. or Maybe if he hadn't been, he would have developed into All those a role guys. player. I mean, everyone but was touched to some degree. Bolden, obviously Giles, right? Yeah. And Tatum. Uh, now Tatum came back healthy and had a pretty yeah, great year. He looked great. How much better would he have been if he had had an entire preseason, yeah. like just hit the ground running? You know. That's why I'm sad about this uh, Dominican trip. Um, I, I think for this particular team, which you know I have pretty high high hopes for, um, but I'm going to temper those those hopes. Um, I just feel like it's this particular experience is going to be invaluable. Here's why I, I'm not as concerned or, or quite as let down as you sound like you are. Ben Simmons, when he went to LSU, uh, they did one of these trips. They went to Spain, I believe. And all the reports about how great this experience was, how the team bonded, they, they got to know each other, play with each other. And they went on to have one of the most notably poor college basketball seasons the team concept totally break, broke down during the season. Ben Simmons kind of seemed like he checked out of it a little, especially on defense. Like, they had that there. Now, they don't have the leadership of, of Duke's coaching staff. Helping, or, the, or the talent. Or the, or the overall talent. But it wasn't like this is the magic thing that, that builds your team. In that case, it didn't, it didn't work out so well. I don't think it was the yeah. fault of the trip. Right. But I'm not saying know, that this trip is that valuable. I'm just saying it would be of value. Yeah. Like, like the team's acceleration, their chemistry, their everything would be accelerated a little bit. I'm more concerned about the fact that Coach K isn't going to be in the building for a while. I'm more concerned about the leadership at the top of the program. Okay. But, because right. that, like Ricky in our interview, again, to go back to it. And by the way, if anyone didn't listen to the Ricky Price interview, Go back to our, la- our last episode. It, it's pr- Ricky was fantastic on, on, on the podcast. He was so candid. Talked about so many different topics well, including his own the trajectory of his career, the ups and downs. So uh, you know, just a second there to let you know about that. But, um, but Ricky talked about sort of how his development was hindered by Coach K's absence. What he, you know, uh, his sophomore year yeah. and his freshman year. Yeah. Freshman year, Coach K went out in December. 
but he came back sophomore year, but still, like, not having him there for part of that offseason. So, like, I'm, I'm worried this might impact the freshman more than just this weekend, this okay, five-day trip. But if this international yeah. trip wasn't on the, on the schedule, Coach K can only interact with them, I think, for one hour a week. Yeah, but everything starts from the top down, you yeah. know? So the leadership in the building in general, there's a feeling. Yeah. Right now, the, the freshmen are all, they, they all got just got this news. They probably had a team meeting. And they're all looking at each other, and they're like at dinner. Right now, they're at dinner in, uh, you know, at um, Wild Bulls or uh, Parasite. Parasite, or maybe they're <laughs> on campus at the U Room. Do you think George's garage is still there? No. <laughs> I, heard maybe, that, I heard that the whole U Room area is sick with like a dozen different fine dining like options. They got yeah, Poke like Bowls, they got Chick fil A, yeah. they got. You know, I saw them doing the construction so last year when I visited. It looked like it was going to be sick. Okay, you so know? so these guys, led by Grayson, actually they're you know, at dinner somewhere. They're at dinner. Are they? They have to be down, right? Washington Duke, wherever they are. It's got to be a disappointment, right? And they absolutely, be, they're 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 looking at each other and they're, they're thinking, young kids. They haven't like really traveled, gone. I'm thinking. I mean, it's a, it's a disappointment. Yeah, for sure. They're obviously, I'm sure, more than us concerned about coach the coach. Like, yeah. They know him well at this point, but. You know, once again, these guys are sitting around sort of having some questions, probably. Uh, hopefully, they're strong. Hopefully, the, the leadership amongst the assistants, but they went through it a little bit last year. That'll help for this year, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see. It's like uh, we thought this year might be, you know, kind of drama-free. And, like, before the season even starts, there's a big news story today. So we felt a, like we should talk about yeah, it. Yeah, a bit of a speed bump. Yeah. But uh, come on, I mean, it's one, it's one thing, we'll be fine. As long as nothing else happens. Nothing else is going to happen, right, Peter? Tell me. Tell me nothing else is going to happen. I want to know how you define fine. <laughs> no more, no big injuries. I just don't want to get any other major news before the first game. Like, big injuries, somebody transferring, uh, you know, a tripping incident in practice. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. I just want to hear... On track, focused, and I mean basketball. Mike, it's early. Basketball We're still like two and a half, three months <laughs> away. Yeah, I mean, we, there's just a lot of time. You know, yeah. I agree. So, yeah, of course, and the report. You know, players are all there. You know, they're all pounding around with each other on Twitter a little bit. Yeah, uh, saw them on at the Durham Bulls uh, baseball field batting practice. It seems like. They have some horrible, like Marquise Bolden's swing was terrible. I thought Jordan Tucker had a decent swing. Um, I mean, they're doing they're doing like fun things. They're also working out. Um, little clips here and there. You want to talk about the drive by thing with the yes, Trey, yes. Trey. Trace and <laughs> Allen throws an alley oop on somebody's driveway from the moonroof of his sunroof of his car. Apparently, this is a thing. It's Trayvon this is like a like a social media thing. What is it? Hashtag. Uh, Oh, I forgot. It's been a week or two ago since I saw this, but basically the hashtag is going around with the it's a drive NBA. By. Yeah, drive by dunking. Yeah, uh, NBA or college players drive by dunking on people's like empty driveways or you know twelve year olds playing playing pickup in their driveway, and it's like really funny. Uh, and but all these guys are saying that Trayvon Duvall is incredibly athletic, um, that he can dribble up the court dribble up the court faster than people can sprint up the court. Without the ball, and he's got incredible ups, 
incredible athleticism. Makes Com- you salivate. Ricky said combination of Derek Rose, Steve Francis. He said Derek Rose, Russell Westbrook, which like initially I was like, oh God, no, please no. <laughs> but I mean, you gotta take the athleticism. What you're gonna see this year is a real transcend hopefully a real transcendent talent at you know, at the guard. Like Frank Jackson was a good player. He wasn't a true point. He wasn't a transcendent talent. Uh, we haven't seen we haven't seen a transcendent guard on the team since Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, we didn't get to see Kyrie much though in a Duke uniform. It was Only clear he was transcendent games. each time he took court. Yeah, he was clearly Kyrie, transcendent. Yes, before that, Jay Williams, Jason, Jason Williams, when he was a Duke. Now that guy was yeah lightning. Um, wow, that's that's a that's a high definition of transcendent as it should be. Yeah. Uh, who are we missing? Tatum is pretty transcendent. I I I mean a, a small guard like a oh a guard yeah like a point guard. I mean I'm sure Johnny Dawkins was transcendent, but right. well Johnny that's since a, neither of us saw a video. That's been like re- in recent like the last 15 years. Has it only been those two guys? Yeah. <laughs> Long silence. You I know, thought Jabari was, but he was big also. Not a guard. Yeah. Yeah. Austin guard. Rivers was more flash than, than substance. Austin Rivers. Like. Austin Rivers was one of those guys that he, that, that you thought was. He was like he more, was really highly rated. He's advertised his like. He's doing it now in the NBA. He, he looked really good last year. Is he? As a scorer. Yeah. Is he? I don't know. He was. He showed incredible flashes. He's gotten to so many Twitter beefs and and whatnot with his own teammates. It seems like mm-hmm. all the all the smoke. All the rumors about him are actually probably true. Austin is not one of my favorite players. He did win the UNC game for us, yeah. But besides that, it, it was that was that wasn't a great season. Um, I mean, he could take it to the rack whenever. He's a very talented offensive player, just yeah. a bit of a gunner. But then he shot under forty percent his first two years in the NBA. Yeah, but last I mean, year that is tough to do to shoot under forty percent and to still have the green light. Well, when your dad's the coach. No, no, in New Orleans. Oh, okay, I see. Then his dad traded for him. And signed him a deal. It's like a little wonky. But, uh, you know, he shot 44% last year. Okay. So he's, he's so for real now. Better. Yeah. Yeah, he grew, you know, I think he matured. This season will actually tell a lot since, uh, you know, JJ's gone, Chris Paul's gone. Um, yeah, he shot 49% from two last year, which is pretty good. Uh the last two years, he's gotten significantly better with more usage, more minutes. Uh, I'm looking at his stats. He's still not a great free throw shooter. You know, he shot under 70% all but one of his NBA you know, years or stops. Like, that's it's, uh, it's not that great. And his yeah. three-point three, three point percentage. Still mid-30s. He had his all-time best year last year, 37%. Yeah. But, like, every other year kind of makes that year look like an outlier. So, we'll see. All the other years are, like, low 30s. I was reading 33, 31, 28, 30, 36, 32. Uh, he's been in the league that long. That's what happens when you're <laughs> one and done. Yeah, he's only and he's only 25. He just turned 25 last week. Hey, happy birthday, Austin. <laughs> so Steve Ballmer has stripped Doc Rivers' ability to give his son a Super Max contract? I don't know. <laughs> definitely wouldn't get a Super Max. <laughs> but if your dad's the GM, he could do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's telling that he... He was devoted. Yeah, uh, the Clippers. Probably, the Clippers are in a short leash. 
He's he's gonna have to do something this season. Basically, Austin Rivers takes JJ Reddick's spot this year, and we'll see how well he does. I, th- I think he's gonna play decently well. I'm not sure if he's. He, he also ran the point, I think, off the bench. He's a year. he's a combo guard. Yeah. yeah, he can run the point. He didn't. His assist numbers are not that high. His assist rate is not that high. Yeah. You know, when you have Chris Paul on the court and Blake Griffin, they're both. Yeah, but usually Paul's sitting when Austin's in the game. Anyway, we're, yeah. we've we've gone too far off the off the yeah. track. Uh, yeah, well, uh, that's it for this this episode. Twenty minute episode. We turn into an hour. Amazing <laughs> what happens. Yeah, no, it's fun to talk about basketball. We got a whole nother, gosh, whole nother ten weeks to wait for the blue white game. Yeah. Um, or the or midnight madness, I guess. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly the dates, but uh, hang in there, guys. Uh, we probably will take a little time off unless something big happens. Uh, I guess we'll we'll you know we're definitely we're gonna follow take, the tie the trade we're definitely zones. taking some time off. <laughs> Not a lot yeah. until the next big thing. We need some time from the flurry of activity that Duke basketball junkies has gone through in the last four or five weeks. If there's Marvin Bagley news, if Trey Jones commits to Duke, I don't know that it'll prompt us to do a podcast. But the next time we we talk on here, we'll. we'll We'll cover sort of what happened with both those guys. Sure. All right. Um, if you uh, if you want to write us an email, give us a little bit of feedback. We we appreciate it all. We read everything. We reply. Uh, it's Duke Basketball Junkies. It's all spelled out at gmail.com. And uh, we would appreciate if any of you guys uh, like the podcast and want to leave a uh, review, a five star review, positive on, review. Yes, a positive review. Somebody <laughs> somebody give us a one star review, which probably was fair. But uh, go ahead, please go on to iTunes, go on to Stitcher, and rate us. Uh, we might be going on to SoundCloud soon. And the other big news is that we're considering uh, just doing a small website where we post some things and um, you know make the podcast available on the website. Um, and uh, if we do that, we'll let you know. Probably won't be in the next couple weeks, but uh, should get it done before the season. Um, you know, that that'll be fun. Hopefully. Big things, big things happening for DBJ. Yeah, uh, we're having fun doing it. Uh, it was really fun to talk to some of the guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, Coach K is okay, and uh, the team will be alright. Good luck, Coach. Yes, sir. Get well. Get well. Good luck to the team. Thanks, right. nice, Pete. Nice to see anybody. You too. Go Duke.